Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the How Might We podcast. And today I'm pleased to be joined by Jackie Clark. And she wants to talk about how might we build an online business, which is obviously very important today with what's happening with COVID and the change of customer behavior and the pandemic and the restrictions. So welcome, Jackie. Hello, Scott. So would you like to introduce yourself a little bit to the audience, please? Oh, absolutely. So thank you for the introduction. My name's Jackie. So I have an online business myself and it's all around helping micro business owners move their businesses online and be able to build sustainable structures in their business that actually mean that they can have the work-life balance, they can expand their businesses, hopefully hire people and help the economy in the future. So really really empowering the micro business community to actually make a massive difference is what i'm all about so i'm so excited to be able to share with you today okay that's cool well obviously anything that can help smaller businesses and micro businesses say and also transition some of them from a face-to-face or bricks and mortar into the the world that we live in now which is much more digitalized would be something that's be quite in demand i'd guess yeah, absolutely. I, I do speak to a lot of people about how they can do this from, you know, people who have had bricks and mortar businesses to people who sort of came from my own background in the sort of learning and, and consultancy world, all the way through to people who are just starting up and, you know, are wanting to sort of sell online e-commerce style. There, there are so many options of taking businesses online. And I think it's so important for people to consider actually, rather than just immediately assuming that there's nothing they can automate and there's nothing they can do online, actually taking the moment to listen to the information and figure out what they can actually apply to their business. I think it's really important. Okay, so when you when you introduce yourself, uh, what you do, you talked about systems, and you just mm-hmm. mentioned the word automation. So that's yes. sort of something you've mentioned a couple of times. So can you expand on that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. So as a business strategist, I think it's really important, especially in a small business, that before we go out and immediately look at hiring people, we build in all of the ways that we can earn as much money as possible and make ourselves as stable as possible before we start rapidly increasing our outgoings. So one of the things that I always talk to people about is looking at actually how you set up things where you can automatically, you know, create lead generation, automatically do your social media posting so that you can show up online more, you know, automatically take payments. There are so many businesses that still invoice and then have to wait weeks, months, sometimes years to get their invoices paid. And they've already potentially done work for that client. So actually showing businesses ways to automate simple processes to start with can really help them actually save time in the long run. And that gives them time to then focus on the things that are really important in their business, like growing their revenue streams, rather than having to continuously just worry about just getting the day to day done. So it's a really important part of what I do is actually showing people how to do more in the time that they already have. Okay, so some of these lessons and things that you help other people with, are they things you learnt on your own journey from working face-to-face and that to then transition into a, a digital, work, uh, digital space? 
Yes, absolutely. So I worked in corporate, so large corporate insurance industry. I did training. I ran um, a department as a director and I was really lucky to actually see a lot of how we innovated in that business because I had a team that was across 42 sites. So actually I had to remote manage. I had to do all of these things, even though it wasn't my own business. And actually we built learning solutions that were really dynamic, were really, really um, ahead of their time, even at the time that we were building them. And I helped with the strategy of building that stuff, but never, ever got into the tech. I was always like, ah, eh, the tech's for other people. Like, I'm not into that. I'm not techie. That was like my line. So I had people that would build these things and they would just do what I wanted. It was amazing. And then we had redundancies hit and I ended up losing my whole team um, and actually being made redundant myself a short while after. And when I stepped into corporate, so many people were asking for these like tech skills and I knew how to strategize all of this stuff, but not actually deliver any of it. So it was a really steep learning curve for me at that point. But after going out on my own and working with corporates and you know internationally and all of that, I realized that actually there is so many people like me who have their own businesses, who are small, who really struggle to actually get the systems in place for themselves because they're not tech geniuses, you know, they're, they're not people who know how to build systems. They're just really passionate about the thing that they do. They're really passionate about the area that they work in. So I started to kind of shift over and I started building my own online program to help entrepreneurs do exactly that. And so my online course was born sort of out of just this, this desire to help other people on the journey I'd been through. So I absolutely get the moments of frustration. I absolutely get the, the hard, you know, the hard learnings that you have to do as you go through. But I always say to people, like, take the path of least resistance. If you can find somebody who's done it before, don't go back to a blank drawing board. Take their drawing board and learn from there because it just makes it that much easier. And it's really important for business owners, especially small business owners, to always take the path of least resistance in their business. If we make things more complicated than they need to be, it's really hard to actually grow your business and move it forward. And I always say to people, and um, quite controversially, actually, people don't always like this, but I say to people that the reason that most small businesses fail is because their owners try and make it too complicated. So actually they almost put themselves out of business because they're just not making simple enough processes that can be repeated time and time again. So that goes to, I mean, obviously like myself, I'm in the micro, I'm in the micro business industry, uh, yeah. running a business on, on my own and using a network of people as and when I need to, depending on what projects I'll be, I'll be working on. And I think one of the things I found is, and my brother talks about it loads, he said, whatever you do, there's, a, there's certain things you need to talk about is ease of use and scalability. Yeah. And he comes from an IT background, so that's also him. So he says, right, what's your system for this? What's your system for that? And yeah. and the other question I think he asks, which I mean, I ask it in coaching and all sort of leadership as well, but you see, we, we, we're usually quite good at asking other people, never really asking ourselves the same <laughs> type of stuff, is where do you want this to go eventually so that you put the stuff in place that allows that future proofing or that allows that journey to, to be made? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And one thing that I always say is I used to be the person who told other people how to do it. So working in corporate, being high up, you know, going through being a strategist, like I told other people how to do it. Now, I do not ask my customers to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. So I have built all of the same systems that I tell them they need to build. I have implemented all of the same strategies. I've had the moments where I want to throw my computer out of the window at 3 a.m. because nothing is working. Like, and I, I really believe that that authenticity in I 100% believe in the programs and the processes because I use them and I earn money using them. So why can't my customers do the same? And I think okay. that that is really important. And I think for me also, the, the experience I've had is you do stuff and you, you start doing stuff on your own. So it's, it's okay for now because I can, I can just keep hold of where my customers are. I can just do that because I haven't got that many. And you sort of, but then at what point does it become too much for you? And you, you, are you working in your business or on your business? Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the point where it becomes too much, it's too late because then it takes a lot of work to put it right. And actually so many business owners then have to start spending big money to pay somebody to fix it for them. So actually I wanna urge business owners to start from the beginning and actually implement the stuff right away. So the biggest thing that I say to people is you should be automating your lead generation. You should be looking at, if you do not have a mailing list in your business, you need to get one. You need to set one up because that is a place, a customer database where you can keep all of those customers details. And actually we hear things like this all of the time. There was a American rapper who had his Instagram and Twitter and Facebook accounts all um, closed down because of something he posted. And his label was so angry with him because he lost all of his followers. So all of those people that he'd been able to put his music out to and, you know, talk to were suddenly no longer there because we don't own the Facebook, Instagram, social media followings. So while they're important to have, actually, if that all disappears, how are you going to talk to all of those people who were potential customers? Okay. And it's a really important thing. And I mean, I know so many business owners, I say to them, you know, show me, show me your, your, your contact, show me your network, show me the people you can go out to and, and, and make offers to if you've got products. And they pull out a deck of business cards this thick and I, they go, I think this is them. And they've got no way of knowing how they interacted with those people, knowing what those people were interested in. When you use a mailing system, you can tag every single person. So I can tag that people found me through an ebook or a video series or a networking group, or, you know, they were interested in my mailer that I send out. Like I know exactly what people are interested in by the tags that they get. I can see if somebody is super interested and has downloaded five or six different things because the system gives me all of that ability to actually then have those, you know, have that data. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important that, we start at the beginning and we build systems like that. Okay. So do you think it's the automation is time saving or is it about the data and the ability to act on data more effectively? 
So it's a little bit of both. I think when you first set it up, naturally it's not time saving because when you first set it up, it's time intensive and you've got to get it set up. It doesn't take that long to set up if you know what you're doing. Obviously, if you're fumbling through, it's going to take you a little bit longer. But actually, once it's set up, it becomes a really, really valuable resource. And for me, it becomes a time saver. So like I send out a a mailer each week to my whole audience. If I had to do that manually, I would have to go and find everyone's email addresses, type them all in. And actually for the people on my mailing list, that would take me ages where I can just go in, write the email, click send to all, and it, it does it for me almost instantly. And I think that that's the thing is that with any business, you, you need to really, really think about what do I need to do now to build a sustainable future? You know, it's, it's not just about, oh, well, I need to save time right in this moment. I think the world has become so set on instant gratification and actually that's not how business works you can't have a successful business before you put the effort in. You can't make money before you go out and and make offers. You know, you have to put the effort in. I was reading a really interesting book the other day and the analogy was you can't say to somebody, you know, give me the fire and then I'll start putting wood. You have to build the wood up and light it in order to have that, you know, that continuous warmth. And it's the same with business. We can't go backwards. We can't say, okay, well, you know, pay me all of this money and then I'll tell you what I do. We've got to tell people what we do first so that they can invest in us. And so many people don't, they don't do that in their businesses. They, they don't have a clear idea of what it is that they actually offer. They don't have a clear strategy of how they actually offer that out to people. And this week I've been talking about um, automation a lot in my social media. And I did an activity yesterday where I proved to my, I, I proved to my audience how easy it is to earn money once you automate. So I set a timer. I spent 10 minutes coming up with an idea of something I could create that was, you know, a learning product, just videos of me. And once I'd come up with an idea, I wrote a short message and sent it out to my audience. And before I'd even built it, created a sales page, done any of the work, I hadn't even built a PayPal button at this point. I had three people come back and say, yep, how do I pay you? And actually all of that was just because I have the systems to automate it because I have the process. And now it's a 14 day email challenge. So basically you get emails for 14 days. When I send somebody the link, that's my job done because they pay for the system. They get kicked to a page where they put their email address in and my mailing system then does all of the rest of the work. So yeah, I think the analogy you've got is good. So for the automation process, it's, it's thinking about what does it, what's this going to look like? How's it going to work? What's the journey this person's going to go on in this, whatever it is you're doing. So you're doing a 14 day challenge. Absolutely. So we're going to deliver that via emails, which is relatively well, extraordinarily easy to do with today's technology. Somebody signs yeah. up, get there, hit a button. But what you've got to do is do the setup in the first place. Then the automation kicks in. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what I say to people, you know, so often, like if I set up this automation, which I have actually done. So it was Wednesday night when I put out the the original message. And on Thursday, I 
filmed the videos, put them into the, the emails, and they're now all set up. So I've got people going through that. And for the next 14 days, they're working hard and off they go. But actually, the really amazing thing is now it's set up. So in future, if I want to reuse that as a product, it's there, it's waiting. I literally just have to send people the link and I don't have to do more work and more effort. And I think so many business owners have models where everything that they do relies solely on their time. It relies solely on, you know, them showing up somewhere and doing something. I'll tell you in the field we work in, which is to say coaching, uh, consultancy, and especially learning and development, that is so true. And yeah. I think that one of the risks for that is you, the only time you really earn money is when you're in the classroom. But while you're in the classroom, you're not building your business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, unless you do a good job and then you get referrals. And that's basically, I think, how a lot of people in our field businesses, but our time is finite. Absolutely. And I know that so, you know, just like any um, coach or trainer or consultant, I can guarantee that you felt burnout at some point in your career. Because I, I have. I feel it when I wake up in the morning. I haven't done anything yet. That's it. I've burnt out. Yeah. I've had to wake up, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking before we came online. We've both traveled internationally and we're saying, and if you think about that also is international work. So if I was in the Middle East doing some work for a week, I'd fly out on a Friday morning land uh, Friday night, get to the hotel late Friday, early Saturday, sleep for a few hours. And I used to used to call it my Mong Saturday because I, I just wasn't functioning properly. Cause I was just like, I've just got to go and get something where I've got to unpack. I've got to do all, <laughs> all my shirts and then just go over my materials and make sure I know what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. please do not ask me to function in any way that's nearly human. Yeah. Then Sunday morning you get up, you'd work, and you're three or four hours ahead as well. So you hopefully you're not hit, suffering from jet lag. And then you finish on a Thursday. And then Friday, I'm back on a plane and I'm coming home. Mm. So I've actually been out of the country for seven days, yeah. seven, seven and a bit days, two, two and a half days of non-work. And if you're doing two or three weeks, you've got a weekend. Yeah. But your weekend's Friday, Saturday, uh, instead of Saturday, Sunday. So mm. you're then saying, well, you can't really build your business. Your, your hours are slightly different. And then if you are trying to build your business, UK is three or four hours behind. So you're getting emails at nine, 10 o'clock at night, your time that you're trying to build stuff up with. And then you say, I'm, I'm tired. You know, I've done a, I've done a full day in the class. I've got a little bit of jet lag. I'm on calls until six, seven o'clock at night, UK time, which is like 10, 11 o'clock at night. So you're working 15 hour days for a week. Yeah, absolutely. And I know so many people who do that. And, and, and I used to do that. And actually now I take people through my program and it's completely on my terms. It's completely on my time scale. I can be anywhere in the world. Um, my, my favorite destination was sitting in Iceland delivering one of my, my, my sessions because my, my husband wanted to go there for his birthday. So we did that. And it was just absolutely amazing. Anywhere there's Wi-Fi, I can deliver training. And it's not about being online all the time. So like my program is done through recorded videos so recorded videos drop every Monday. The, the, the group go through them. There's a communal Facebook group that people can ask questions and you know bounce ideas. And then we get on live on a Tuesday for a training session and on a Friday for a Q&A session. So actually they're still getting three hours every week for the 12 weeks of me live. But the rest of the time they're learning, they're building their businesses, you know, they're, they're going through the motions. 
And actually so many people have said to me, like, I was worried when I first came in because of an online course, but actually now that I'm in, I almost don't want to learn in any other way because it's so effective. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's, we could have a totally different conversation on how the COVID and what we've done and how, how hopefully, hopefully it's going to actually change the way learning and development is perceived and delivered. I really hope people, so. People sit there and go, I'm not doing online because in, in all honesty, let's talk about online e-learning years ago. It was, but to call it awful is just actually, is, is offending the word awful because <laughs> was terrible you used to yeah. sit there and somebody would talk about talk on some slides you go to the end and you do a little quiz and said you've passed you know and i wish it was that easy <laughs> you can still do that if you want to there are still there are still things i've seen from some <sighs> companies that are saying do this course and it's, it's, it's an interactive course and they call it interactive because you've got to press a couple of buttons no. um and then i think there's going to be a move away from people thinking that you have to be in a physical space with people to learn as well sort of learn yeah. you need to have somebody with you at all times i think let's let's take some responsibility for our own learning and as i say if you can give somebody a challenge or a test not a test as much but a challenge or something to mm. do that they do on their own but then they're supported through a community and and touch base with you during the time then the actual time it takes us as the facilitator delivers limited Mm -hmm. but also i think is the time that we actually spend with the learners is the time they need us yeah adds most value not oh let's just talk through this theory where you could they, they could watch a video they could read a book they could do other ways yeah. of explaining this theory and then try play around with it have an experience and then once you've played around with it then we can talk yeah because you've Absolutely. got some concrete things and then we've got something that as, as a learning practitioner we can then add the most value with yeah. the most expensive resource which is basically yeah. our time yeah but so many people don't see that so many people and i still have these conversations with trainers now where they say oh i could never do my training online and i'm like actually you just don't want to because we've spent so long as learning practitioners being told that our value is our time and actually it's not as as a trainer, as a coach, our value is the change we make, the impact we have on that client's life. And actually for small businesses, so many of them need to get this concept. They need to really understand that actually it's not a time for money model, it's a value for money model. And if you're making a massive difference to your client's life, the reason it takes you 20 minutes to explain it is because you've spent the last 20 years learning how to do it that well. Or you're really good at reading. <laughs> you can read, read, read really, really quick. Read really, really quick and I can tell you what I'm talking about. But I think also if you think about online, what it gives you, I think is a, a phrase, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not claiming this, I can't remember where I heard it, but as soon as you go online, you go local to global. Yes. Um, and that, that presents its own challenges for organizations as well, isn't it? So as you say, you can automate payment structures, but then you've got other issues that you've got to be considering about. So if you've got a global audience, yeah. you've now got things like tax implications. So do you charge VAT? If you charge VAT, and especially now we're coming out of the EU, mm -hmm. will, is something that we need to be considerate if we're offering our services online. Because as soon as you go online, whoever's online has the capabilities to actually interact with your products or services 
Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that with my program. I've had a couple of people from South Africa buy into the program. So I'm there. I'm from there originally. Um, and I've done some work out there over the years of working internationally. And I've had a couple of entrepreneurs buy into the program. And, you know, in the first instance, when businesses are small, I think the really key thing is to just be as upstanding as possible. So I went straight to my accountants, asked them, you know, what's the kind of best move? I do everything through PayPal. So they've got a lot of support and you know they can look at what country people are paying for and set up their own you know VAT and taxes and all of that sort of stuff and I think it's really important again to not put up barriers but find solutions so you know something like using PayPal or Stripe is a really simple solution to to having people purchase from outside of the UK because their software knows where they're purchasing from and helps you on that journey and it takes away again, actually, rather than us invoicing and having to figure all of that stuff out, we use a system that's already in place, that already knows what to do, already knows how to have those interactions. And it makes it that much easier to then continue and actually um, work through. And I mean, PayPal is great in the sense that you can set up PayPal buttons so easily and you just get an email link you just get a, literally a link you can drop into an email they click it and they can pay so it doesn't have to be a complicated thing yes once you get a bit better at automation you can build um you know website pages and integrate your buttons and make them look all fancy but actually i am proof that you can literally send somebody a paypal link and if your offer is good enough they'll pay you okay i think that's partly so was it mvp minimal viable proposition so when have you got something that's good enough to go out to market that you can test so yeah. fail quickly yeah absolutely fail right. quickly every time fail quick. and i think i'll go back to what you said earlier when you said we talked about sort of this time and why why go from scratch and go use somebody else's drawing and i think we've got to because of the way technology is and sort of the complexities of setting yourself up online for things like how do people contact me uh, how do I take payments from people? How do I do this? How do I do that? There are companies whose job it is to allow help you do that, and they are relatively cost effective, as you say. Oh, absolutely. So much of the, the pressure off you as the the business owner or the website designer or whatever it is to say, right, well, I'll, I'll give that to Stripe because they can do that. Yeah. What about this? Well, I'll give this. I'll give my data protection. I'll use something like MailChimp or... Is my, is my godsend. That's what I use. I love MailChimp. I didn't particularly like MailChimp, but I think that's just <laughs> the UX. I, I just like... Because I, I don't do techie stuff and anything looks like code, I'm like, I'll leave that alone. So I went some... I like ones that are just like, you say, press that button, that happens. You don't actually mm -hmm. have to do anything. But the, the actual interface I operate with is one of the biggest choices about who I use. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very... Well, my brother's an IT guy, so I go... <laughs> Hi. So I, t I take him out for a meal, but not so much anymore because of COVID or a drink, and then just say, I need some help. And he go, Oh, come on. I'll, and he, he'll, he'll, I'll help you. Yes. Just to shut me up, I think. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I always say to business owners, like, why not? If you've got people around you who can help you, why not? Like, I know it can sometimes be challenging because not everyone has that ability. You know, not everyone comes from a, a family of entrepreneurs. Not everyone has people in their business who are, you know, IT specialists or, you know, financial specialists or, you know, any specialists sometimes. 
But actually, it's really important that we look at our networks and we link up with people. We, you know, look for the people who can really help us move our businesses forward. And we continuously look at actually how do we add value? You know, how do I add value to my customers so that they want to work with me more? But actually, that customer journey piece that you mentioned earlier, I bang on about the customer journey because if a customer is confused at any point, they will say no. We could use a very, a very well-known company website, but I'm not going to, dot com. Dot <laughs> com. Yeah, don't go there. There's people outside the UK and I'll say, are you? And they go, yeah, I am. But yeah, I can't use it. No, that's absolutely fine. But there, there are so many. There are so many processes where actually you'll go online and you will start going through the process and you don't actually know, you know, if it's if it's sort of legitimate or you know whether you should be buying from them and actually as soon as a customer has a feeling like that they're walking away they're not persevering they're not pushing through if it's too hard you've lost the sale you've lost the money barrier to entry has got to be extraordinarily low yeah massively and especially now because there are so many businesses that are online and there are so many businesses who have you know potentially bigger reputations than some of the small businesses. Mm -hmm. And actually, if a company has a really good reputation, it'll be easier for people to say yes to them. Whereas if a company doesn't, you know, if, if a business shows up on Instagram that you've never heard of before as an ad, if you click through, there's already, even if it's good, there's already a level of, am I gonna get ripped off? So actually being able to show up on your social media, and one of my biggest tips that I always say to small business owners is you need to be present on your social media. So when you're posting on social media, I see people all the time that on like LinkedIn and Facebook, their profile picture is their business logo. Don't do it. You're a person. <laughs> people like to see people. If people see an actual physical person, they're much more likely to buy from a business. The same on Instagram. I will see when you look at people's grids, the top nine pictures, there should always be at least two pictures of you in your top nine grid. Because if somebody logs onto your Instagram page, if they click through on an ad or click through on a post that they've seen because of a hashtag, if they don't see you, there is a much higher chance that they will just click off the page. Whereas okay. actually, if they see a person, they are instantly more interested and instantly trust more. Yeah, I think that goes down to sort of likability because it's a person, isn't it? Because we buy from people, we don't buy from businesses. So it's the same. Yeah. And I understand people want to be professional when you do that. And you want to say, look, I've got, I've got to show this professional side to me and I've got to show my company I've got to do this. And say, well, my view and anybody I work with is to just be authentic. Yeah. Be you, it's oh, that, absolutely. That, that's end who's going to do business with you especially as a micro business owner like i get that if you work in a large corporate there's a corporate image and that needs to be upheld and that's a very very different dynamic and i feel like so many people come from corporate to being micro business owners and they have this really kind of stuck idea that oh we have to be corporate to make money and actually again that's not true I mean, I don't dress corporate. I don't talk corporate. All of my pictures are literally of me, like sitting on my sun lounger outside and sitting in the garden with the cats. And, you know, it's just me living my life. I put up pictures all the time of the adventures me and my husband go on. And, you know, 
more people message me for being a real person than message me and go, oh, I saw a picture of you sitting behind your laptop and thought it would be good to work with you. Like, people are way more interested. You know, people are nosy. People want to know what's going on. They, they want to get to know you. And actually, the more that you can build that relationship, the more that you can build trust, the more that you can make people get to know you, the better. And I always say, like, for small business owners, if you have a mailing system and you can create something free that your customers will absolutely want, and that could be anything. It could be an ebook. It could be a checklist. It could be a video series that they're learning from. It could be anything. If you can give them access to something free and when they sign up to that, there's an automated sequence in the background that kicks off. And that sequence takes them through, you know, five or six emails over a 10 day period that just help them get to know you. Like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what the business does. You know, these are the cats. These are the adventures I go on. This is what's important to me. By the time they get through that 10 days, the next time they see a post on, on social media, they're going to be much more likely to engage. They're going to be much more likely to get involved and actually feel like they know you much more likely to potentially send you a direct message or email you. And so many people email me off the back of my, my first mailing sequence because I have two beautiful cats, they're rescues, and I introduce them. And one of them we got and we thought he was fully grown and it turned out he was actually part Maine Coon. So he grew a hell of a lot more. <laughs> And he now weighs like nine kilos and is huge. And people absolutely love that story. And they always message me and they're like, oh my gosh, the cats are amazing. Like we love that they're rescues. And then I'm having a conversation with people. Then I'm building relationships with people. But all of that's happened in the background without me having to actively go and do anything until the engaged customer steps forward. And then you, then you come out as a person engaged. Yeah, so the first absolutely. Thing- so the automation in your view is one to yeah, it's a pain to set up in yeah. time wise and you've got to do some research to get it right and think about that customer journey as you said yeah uh, it will save you time in the long run yeah um it will also so it's about saving time but also allowing you to do stuff in data which allows you to uh, understand your audience much better so you can then use yeah. it where where do where does what i do get the most traction yeah. And then you can sort of start doing more of what works and less of what doesn't. Yep, absolutely. And then, but when it does actually come to, and I think this is the bit, is is when it actually does come to the interactions, that's when you step up to the plate and actually say, no, I need to, I, I'm talking to this person because it's outside of my processes. Yeah, so the systems, the systems allow us to get that far, then we take over rather than us having to do everything on its own. Yeah. Well, if you think about, imagine you went to a conference and you were going to do a talk and you have an audience of 10,000 people sitting in front of you, you don't want to walk up to each one of those people individually and tell them what your business does. You want to stand at the front of the room and call out the 100 people that are interested in what you do. And once you've called them out, then you want to talk to them. because you know they're interested because you know that they're engaged you know that they want to know more about what you're doing so actually rather than wasting your time with the you know the 9900 that don't 
you actually just get to put your valuable time resource into the people that are likely to turn into customers who will actually pay you. Working smarter, not harder. That is literally what I'm all about. If you can work smarter, not harder, you are winning at business. You can have that timeline for free. I've never heard it before. (laughs) (laughs) But it is so true. It is absolutely. Well, I say to people all the time, you know, working so many people, it's really interesting. So many of my clients say to me, you know, I feel like I'm cheating if I make it too easy. They've got a real block because we're told for so long that business has to be hard. And actually, one of the things that I always say to people is business and strategy can be simple. The simpler, the better. It doesn't always mean that your business will be easy. but actually it doesn't have to be a complicated process. And so many businesses get this wrong. I've gone into, you know, global businesses that are, are turning, you know, billions all the way down to, you know, one of my clients is literally just starting out her first business as a swimsuit designer. And the exact same principles apply all the way through. The simpler you make the model, the more successful you're going to be. I think that reminds me of an Einstein quote is that we should make things as simple as possible, but not simpler. Yeah, absolutely. So, keep the, the principles are to attract clients to you, get your message out there, be seen as a human being. Yeah. Um, because we are, we are all human and build that trust. And then yeah. the processes in there that make that process as simple as possible, but it's, it's still the as you say, it's still the same, the same dynamics run every business. Yeah. Yeah. Massively. And this is what I say to people all the time, you know, whether in my current group, I've got a couple of people who are coaches and and trainers, sort of same industry as me. I've got, I've got the swimsuit designer. I've got a lady who owns a deli and is looking to franchise, you know, I've, I've got such a mixed array of people from brick and mortar businesses to, you know, e-commerce to online or like learning and actually all of them are using the same principles and they're working in all of their businesses. And it just proves that actually, as long as you're willing to sort of think it through and find a way to make it work, all of these strategies will work for your business. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple and it can work. Okay. So that sounds to me like the, the sort of thing here is the simplicity seems to be coming out quite a lot in what you're talking about and that sort of working smart, work, uh, working smart, not hard. Well, yeah. you're probably going to have to work hard, but at least what you're working on hard is the stuff that's adding growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's working smarter, not harder because you have to work hard. Running a business is not easy. And I will never say to my clients like, Oh yeah, come in here and I'll make it easy for you to have a business. Cause that's a lie. I used to have hair. <laughs> I did. Well, I've kind of on that journey. I, I, grew, I, I had no hair, got hair, lost it. And I think the lost it bit was during uh, running a business. And yeah. that, that, that took about two weeks. So absolutely. Honeymoon period and then, then reality strikes. Yeah, absolutely. And I say to my clients, you know, I am four years in and we literally have had, you know, a recession, COVID. Like there's been so much stuff that's gone on so many changes in the world and every time that happens you've got to get back up show back up in the world in a different way you know re realign all of your strategies reset all of your clocks and actually whether you've been in business for you know two years five years ten years fifty years 
you still have to go through that process. You know, no business is immune. And I think we've seen from businesses like Kodak, where they literally were like, nah, we're not going to get involved with digital because it'll never stick. And they're pretty much no longer a business anymore because they decided that they just weren't going to move with the times. So I think it's really important to know that, you know, business will be difficult. There will be challenges. There will be things you have to face and overcome, but actually you can build your system so that they're agile enough that you can move really quickly when you need to, and you can, you know, shift path and do something new. And this is, you know, when I set up things like the email challenges and stuff like that, I do that purposely just to show my audience, this is how quickly you can change direction and earn money. Like it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be something that you build for, you know, months and years before you put out into the world. When I built my first program, I sold that before I'd written all the content because I knew I knew enough about it. Well, I think that's, that's not uncommon, isn't it? You, you, no. you a program and then yeah. uh, it might be 10 modules. So once I've written four, I can sell them because by the time yeah. the fourth, I'd have finished uh, because yeah. we know that the cadence of which they're going to run. I think, Absolutely. Um, so it's great talking to you. So what I normally do, and I didn't tell you this, so I'm going to tell you now. So put you on the spot a little bit. Amazing. <laughs> we've talked about businesses and sort of the, the, the automation and working smarter, not harder, et cetera, et cetera. So your top five tips. Oh, amazing. Okay. I'm excited. So tip one, get an email system. Absolutely. Okay. Tip two, create something that potential customers can download for free or receive for free to get them onto your mailing list. So to encourage them on and tip three, build a automated email sequence that helps the customers get to know you and decide whether you are right for them. So those are your first three, all around emails, all around building relationships. Step four, my, my fourth tip would be show up in your social media consistently. So my favorite tip for this is to get a social media planner and a scheduler. So I use a program called Buffer. And I schedule at least a minimum of one post a day on all of my different social media platforms. And then if I want to show up more, I can. But if masses of work comes in, it means that I don't suddenly forget to post for like four days and not actually speak to my audience. So always show up and add value on social media because I think that is so important for people to continuously have you in front of them because some people need to see you and really connect and really have value from you about 11 times before they'll actually part with money. So if you just show up once on social media and then just disappear for, you know, another, another couple of weeks and then show up once that you never get the momentum that you need. So definitely. And then tip five, and this is my favorite one out of all of them, read at least one self-development book a month for the rest of your life. One a month. One a month, at least. I get you four a month, but I think that that might be unrealistic for some people. I, yeah, I mean, I love to read. One a month, that's a, that's a task. I so I listen to them on Audible. All right, okay, yep. And I will plug them in while I go running, while I do the shopping, while I hang the laundry, like all of the mundane tasks that have to be done in my house. I plug in and I listen to an audiobook while I'm doing them. 
because that is the stuff that keeps my brain firing, keeps the new ideas coming, keeps the innovation, you know, keeps me at the top of my game continuously. And actually, if people want some recommendations, my, my kind of top of the list at the moment are the compound effect, the E-Myth, which is amazing, the 5am club, which is also awesome. And then for the ladies out there, not so much for the men, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, well, yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, the book is called Get Rich Lucky Bitch. <laughs> All right, okay. So it's very much written for the ladies, but it's a money That's mindset really book. Swearing, trust me, not where no, I No, I know, but I just had to make sure. <laughs> I used to work in a prison service, tell me. That's definitely not swearing. <laughs> oh, no, I won't prison swear. We're, we're okay. But yeah, so I would say those four books, like on the top of my list, I reread them on a regular, regular basis. And I sort of cycle back to them every couple of years at least, because there's always a new insight there's always a new story there's always a new thing that resonates so I think you know if you as an entrepreneur and as a, a micro business owner can read at least one book a month you're putting yourself ahead of everyone that doesn't do that and that is something amazing okay so it's the lifelong learning aspect of it oh absolutely you should always be learning well, I'm, the book I'm just started now or just starting is Elvin Turner with Be Less Zombie. Yes. So I'm reading his book at the moment and it's really interesting. So this is about helping, helping courageous, become a courageous leader. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read any of Dan Meredith's books? Don't think so, no. Look, look him up. He's got a couple of swear words in his books as well, in his, in his title. So we'll... <laughs> but look him we'll up. Call it the title, we'll just, yeah, we could have a book club. <laughs> we could do a, a podcast on discussing our favorite books and get like three or four people together and what we've learned from them. I think that might be quite cool. I would happily be part of that. <laughs> if you want to get involved in something like that, then drop me a line. <laughs> we can do, we can do like an occasional, how might we develop ourselves through books or audios? And then we get three or four people on the call and say, just go through some of our favorite books and the learnings from that. Um, that'd be cool. Cause I, yeah. I do think, yes, it's keeping ourselves up to date with whatever field you're in is important as well, but also, about what we're trying to do for ourselves. So yeah, yeah I can, absolutely. I can concur. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much for your time. We uh, this is one of my longest ones so far. So obviously, it's a subject that we both find interesting. Being a both been in L and D and both been micro business owners as well. So it's of course. Uh, relevant to us as as well. So yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Scott. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.